Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Lawrence Law Thompson. I gave your middle name and nickname, too, just so you know. How's it going today, Chuck? Oh, now that I have that. It's much better. It's Yeah, life is glorious. Well, I'm glad that you feel that way because today we have to go through a lot of dumb stuff. Good. Okay. And uh, it might be bad for your emotions. It might be bad for your mental stability. Okay. Just a warning. There's a disclaimer on this episode that that could be the case. And if that is the case, then you need to go to betterhealth.com slash GML. <laughs> All right. You can get yourself a licensed therapist. Sign up on there. They will pair you with someone. If you don't like that person, switch to someone else. But you can chat with them. You can do video calls. You can do regular phone calls, whatever, through the app or through the website. However, you want to do it much cheaper than going into the building to talk to a normal therapist, a normal in-person therapist. We don't even like those people. Not only that, you can save 10% on your first month by signing up to betterhelp.com slash GML. I actually use BetterHelp myself. How about that? So be like Chuck. Be like Charlie, mentally unstable as Charlie is. And that (laughs) is how we will get through this thing together. No, it's fine. I mean, uh, people deal with stuff all the time. I've gone to uh, therapists and psychiatrists and all of them gave up. (laughs) They just said it was impossible. No way to do anything. They're like, it's really hard yeah. to, uh, you know, turn a psychopath into a normal person. Until I, <laughs> until I found BetterHelp and they helped me out, okay? That's right. Did you like that segue into the... Uh, BetterHelp. I thought that that was I, thought I just want to make sure good. people know it's not better health. It's BetterHelp. Help. H-E-L-P. I still have like kind of that lisp thing going on, you know, so you got to correct me sometimes. slash G-M-L. Okay, dumb bleep number one. We are starting off. Everyone's going to be voting today. It's going to be great. We got Dan in here. I'm so happy about that. Welcome, Dan. We're going to be doing our votes here in a bit. And if you want to watch live and vote, then you can go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. We'll just keep doing ads and never actually get into it. The whole thing is ads today. It's okay. I mean, you will... It's it's a positive thing before we get into this. We need more positivity, like what people find on the Nomad Network. (laughs) By going to nomadnetwork.app slash GML. Literally all ads today. I had no idea that this was going to happen. Yeah, but I'm feeling pretty good today because I did well in the stock market with some of this stuff going on, which you can learn by going to Master My Trades. (laughs) (laughs) This show is brought to you by Nate's Ads. Okay, (laughs) don't bleep. Dumb. If we if we were able to do our ads like Rogan, I oh, would love to. God, that would be fun. Yeah, I actually miss hearing the ads on Rogan's podcast. Oh, he doesn't have them. Anymore no, they're not there Spotify anymore. Doesn't do that. They come in with some, but they're not like they used to be. Uh, they used to be hilarious, and the I would show actually is listen to the to ads. You by the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dumb bleep number one goes to a fact check. I saw this on Twitter trending this morning. Of course, they have to let you know when there is misinformation out there. Okay. This uh, this one specifically brought to you by AP, and Reuters was on there as well. Uh, but we'll go and through. And before we read it, go get your holster at <laughs> wethepeopleholsters.com. Wethepeople.com. Use the promo code GML. <laughs> All right. Um, also, I don't remember what exactly the, the deal was. 
on that. Um, <laughs> As Amanda in the live group says, the personal stories are ads. The ads are personal stories. Our lives are products. Just all, everything is in that. Every, you're always trying to sell someone on something all the time. But this whole thing is an ad for liberty. The whole episode is. Yeah. It is an ad for individual liberty. We are marketing and selling mm-hmm. liberty to you right now. That is it. Buy our liberty. Mm-hmm. By listening to this episode, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> okay, that helps the algorithms for sure. But if you want to listen on YouTube, you can too by going to youtube.com slash Liberty. Okay, we're actually getting into Dumbly Dumbly number, one. number one. This was a fact check on a post that was wildly misrepresenting Massachusetts COVID death numbers. All right, mm. so post misrepresents Massachusetts report on vaccinated COVID-19 deaths. I will... I will say that, um, you know, with we got one. Is vac- the AP fact checking things now? AP fact checking something. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a thing. It, Reuters was also doing it too, but I didn't see the official fact checkers doing it. So here's the claim: Massachusetts reports that 45 percent of COVID-19 deaths in the state last week were among fully vaccinated people. Mm. Okay. AP's assessment false. This is false. And we're going to go through some of the numbers on this, and I'm going to present both sides of this argument. But the dumb bleep part of it, the online post included data from the Massachusetts Department of Public Health for the week ending October 9th that shows 45 newly reported deaths among vaccinated people in the state. Not that 45% of all COVID-19 deaths were among vaccinated people. Data on overall COVID-19 deaths for that period was not included. Okay, so here's the fact check and the reason that this is false, because the screenshot that he posted showed that there were 45 deaths reported among vaccinated people. And then he said 45 percent of the deaths were vaccinated people. All right. So the fact check is that that post did not say that 45 percent of the deaths were among vaccinated people. Do you know how many people died in Massachusetts from COVID-19 reported that week? Last week, 100. 100. (laughs) Looked it up. Okay. Got it from yeah. their website. So I will uh, we'll go through it's a couple things. And, and also the reason why is because data on the overall COVID-19 deaths for that period was not included in the screenshot. In that screenshot. Even though it was actually 100, and yeah. so 45%, 45 of 100, that's mm-hmm. 45% for those of you that can't math very well, that um, wasn't included in that particular screenshot. Not that it wasn't true, mm-hmm. but because it wasn't included in that particular Screenshot, but the actual statement checked false. The actual statement was, in fact, true. It's false. It just didn't put the screenshot of how they did that. So I went and found it uh, just so we just so we would have it, and I'll just put these up here on the big screen for everyone, uh, real quick. This is the actual screenshot right here. Well, this isn't what he posted because he circled some of the numbers, but right here they had three hundred the previous week that were total vaccinated deaths. And then they moved it up to 345 after reporting for that. So they had 45 more. And then he said 45% of the cases were vaccinated. So they said, well, 45 people doesn't mean that 45% of the cases were vaccinated. But then I went to the actual Massachusetts deaths numbers for, for that week. And it actually came out to 103. Okay, so we were... 44 and a half Yeah, like 44%, 43.5%. So it is false. So I guess it is false. Technically false. You're right. Wow. It is. They got the Good fact job, check correct. Fact checkers. Now, here's the other... This is one thing that maybe people 
won't agree with, but the actual point the guy was making, I don't agree with, okay? What he was essentially trying to say was that, well, the vaccines don't work because 45% of the people who died were vaccinated. And that is actually not a, that is not the way that you would want to present that data. Because what are you doing? 43.7%. Charlie's on another phone. 43.7%. I, I just wanted a, an exact Point what? number. 43.689%. Okay. Well, that was wildly wrong then. That number was wildly wrong. Um, so the, the, the problem with presenting the data that way is that eventually as more and more people become vaccinated, just say that eventually everyone was vaccinated. Well, people are still going to die from COVID. Like there is still going to be a death rate, although very low. And so if you took that to its logical conclusion, the point that you're making, if everyone were vaccinated and 10 people died and they were all vaccinated, you say, well, 100% of the people that died were vaccinated. So that's not a good way to present that data because it doesn't actually tell you anything. Well, and also immunity is declining from the vaccines, as we see. You know, your protection against uh, contracting COVID is dramatically being reduced over time. Yeah, so so it's... um, it, it, if you want to be on the side of arguing, say, against the vaccines or at least arguing against vaccine mandates, just don't find ways to use the data in your favor that don't act, that wouldn't actually hold up statistically. Like the fact that 45 percent of the people d- that died were vaccinated doesn't actually tell you anything about the vaccine itself when almost 80 percent of the people in Massachusetts are vaccinated. So. Eventually, once so many people are vaccinated, the number of people that are vaccinated are dying versus people unvaccinated is going to catch up and end up being more than everyone else. And so the only point that that would that that would actually matter would be if uh, like less than half of the population were vaccinated, but more of the people that were dying were vaccinated than people that were unvaccinated. Then that number would actually make some sense and would actually tell you something because less than half the population is vaccinated. The other more than half is unvaccinated but end up a half or more of the people that are dying are vaccinated well that would tell you something about it but once you get up into the 70 80 percent number like this eventually you're going to get to the point where it's uh (coughs) almost only vaccinated people that are dying Mm -hmm. but if the overall number is going down then you know just there's plenty of ways to talk about this where you don't have to use statistics to manipulate what you're saying that don't actually hold up you know you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, know what I'm saying? Uh, the other thing is that was annoying that they pointed out in here was, of course, all the the you still got to be scared, even if you're vaccinated. But the point that they make to defend the vaccines was that point zero zero seven percent of the vaccinated population had died. Point zero zero seven percent of the vaccinated population in Massachusetts, which when I read that, I'm like, man, it seems like people who are vaccinated are pretty safe from from mm-hmm. dying. You know, uh, you're you're still statistically pretty safe from dying if you're not, depending on what your age and everything is, uh, which we'll see someone telling us that that's not actually the case here in just a little bit. But they are making the case that almost no one dies that is vaccinated at the same time saying that we can't go back to normal life, even if you are vaccinated. So that's awesome. That's really cool. Anyway. That's uh, that's all I got on that one. Let's see. If you're not vaccinated in Massachusetts, it looks like your chance of death was 0.03%. Okay. And so versus being uh, vaccinated, 0.007%. So still safer if you had the vaccine. Yeah. 
But both of those you can are look at the numbers. Safe. They're both. Yeah, I mean, they're both. They're both really safe. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I'm going to take my chances mm-hmm. if there were if if there were no vaccine. Uh, but you know, if you if you look across the country, and even Nate and I's experiment, um, me being vaccinated, Nate not being vaccinated, um, I had a little bit easier go of it than Nate did. Nate lost all of his hair. Um, As you can see, his, <laughs> his, it's all gone. It's all gone. He's yeah. hairless now, completely. My, my wife and I decided last night we put the number around 30% of my hair that I've lost in the last month. Did you count any About 30%. of them? No, we just went through different pictures and stuff. And then I kind of hide it a little bit here on the video, the way that it's parted and it everything. It looks great. But, um, yeah, about 30. And you know what's crazy? So is she talking about divorce now or... Um, is that why she brought it up? It's. I think she's just leading me, you know, getting me warm to the idea that she's yeah. going to She's be starting gone her someday. emotional detachment. Yeah. I think she's going to Chattanooga this weekend. Maybe <laughs> I'm not going with her. <laughs> um, you know, you want to know what's, you want to know what's crazy, but because I'm 34 and I'm in pretty good health, I'm not really worried about the death part from COVID. I never was, uh, except for one night. I was uh, slightly worried about it. Um, if you would have told me that there was a 50% chance of me losing 50% of my hair from getting COVID, I would have killed people to get the vaccine. <laughs> now, see, that was a joke. Would I actually kill anyone to get the vaccine? No. But if they, if they would have told me, if you get COVID, there's a pretty, pretty good chance that you're going to lose half your hair, I, I for sure would have gotten vaccinated. Mm-hmm. For sure. There's no question about it, actually. Yeah. Wasn't worried about the death part because that chance is so low. But if they said, oh, there's a 50% chance you're going to lose 50% of your hair. Now, I'd be, I'd be right there in line. So that's what we're telling the kids. Yeah. Listen, everyone. Here's our pro-vax <laughs> argument. If you get COVID, you could lose a lot of your hair really quickly. And it could take a really long time for it to come back. Mm-hmm. All right. And to me, that was a stronger, that is a stronger argument <laughs> than being worried about the death. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So we'll have to cut this well, part out of YouTube. A man is sure. like, do you know it's COVID? It's, I mean, it's probably a combination of things. Um, stress from Chuck, because that guy's a, an asshole. Um, and mm-hmm. then also the fever. Yeah. So when and I, you didn't have enough cowbell. When I looked it up, um, so I have avoiding a debating you. That's right. <laughs> it's it's a it's multivariate. So I've been really stressed for a long time going through all of the band stuff and we had a all big of the speech. Yeah, um, I'm saying for a year for a, a decade or more, I've been in the like I, I can barely talk to people because I'm so stressed mode. Except for like an hour every day, apparently. Yeah, I've been in that stressed mode when we were flipping the houses. Uh, you know, flip over. 200 houses in the span of two to three years. Uh, that was very stressful as well. And the uh, house is really heavy, so I messed up my back. <laughs> and and so the stress thing with it all happening all of a sudden, I can't find a specific point of new stress where I, I haven't already been dealing with this much stress. When I looked up, can you lose your hair from COVID? It said that that is a commonly... That is a common symptom, but it's not from COVID. It's from a fever. And that when you have a fever. Uh, and you don't have any cowbell. Two, yeah. When no one has any cowbell around, when you have a fever, um, two or three months later, you will shed hair from the time that you had that fever. 
And so the timeline matches up also. And I had a high fever for eight days. And that's because you're burning all your hair follicles. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know exactly what what it was, but I guess that just creates a bad environment for the for the hair growing. It was too hot. You know, I mean, grass growing out there in the yard, uh, the heat got up. Same too high. thing. It's exact same thing. Scientifically, there's yeah. no difference. Yeah. So your head would just turn into Arizona for a bit. <laughs> yeah. That I just need it. to find some hair that's good for growing in had, high temperatures. You had a desert desert. Desert hair. Yeah. Desert desert head. And yes, also uh, what <laughs> Tenacious Joe just said, I was anti-Tylenol and ibuprofen while I you had that fever. You were letting the fever run its course. I was letting my body do its job. Little did you know. Yeah, little I know if I would have kept the fever down, maybe I would still have 100% of my hair Yeah, right now. All okay. that to say... That was a good personal story. All that to say, I think data is important. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the data, it it is still technically safer to be vaccinated than not. And of course, um, it's relatively safe either way for most people. Now, if you're over the age of 70, there's a 5% death rate. So that's that's a bit higher. If you know, if I had a 5% chance of dying, I think I would for sure get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, I would do. Um, But so if you're over 70, but anyone younger than that and you don't have, if you're relatively healthy, then your chances are pretty slim either way. But it's still safer to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You just look at the data I, from the very beginning. That's what I've always said. I've always said, look at the data, make decisions based on actual research of data and talking to medical professionals. And look at multiple sets that of data. you trust. Mul- multiple sets of data on stuff, yes. because any study can be done to prove one side of an argument. Uh, almost any study can be done. You can find a way to cherry pick data or to study a specific thing to make an argument. But look over look over several studies. Yeah. And even with the even with the fact that the companies have some liability protections from the vaccines, which by the way didn't just come in with these vaccines, that's been there since the 70s. Um, even though they have that, I still know that they want their stock prices to do well. And um, I know that if it did come out in a couple of years that it was killing everyone or in a few years that the, the stock price wouldn't do very well. The, the public would still uh, care about that for sure. So even if they didn't have liability protections, they would, that would still be represented, represented in their stock market and the wealth of all the people who own the company. And so I don't see the incentive there for them to willy nilly put out something that's going to kill a whole bunch of people. Might, might accidentally happen sometimes. but Just more market evidence. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Yes, that's all. It's already number 1240. One. That's all dumb bleep number one. Dumb yeah. bleep number two coming from Chris Hahn. Um, back, did you see on this the Republicans blocked the vote for the Freedom to Vote Act? They have such great names for stuff. Yeah. So this was. The, I didn't see that, but I knew that that's what he was talking about. Okay. The new compromise version. Um. They blocked the vote on that, you know, and we got to stop. This is tyranny. Mm -hmm. This is tyranny right here. So from Chris (laughs) Hahn, Christopher Hahn, he said, 70% of Americans support enhancing access to voting because there's no access out there, folks. Mm -hmm. We've just had the higher voter. We just had the highest voter turnout, but there's no access. No. Not one Republican in Congress does. Kill the filibuster. It's time to end. Here's the. Here's where the stuff gets dangerous, folks. Yep. It's time to end minority rule in the country. Now, is that racist? 
Is it, that? I don't understand how people don't attach that to um, things that have happened in the past in the U.S. Like racism. Like yeah, like racism. Yeah. Like Jim Crow laws. Like segregation. Like slavery. Yeah. Like all like any of those terrible things. Like my, you're literally saying, like uh, all these people fighting for the votes are supposed to be people fighting for the rights of minorities, right? Because it's restrictive. It's restrictive for minorities <laughs> to have any of these laws. And they took a vote on it. And so you're trying to fight for minority rights and putting this legislation forward, but then arguing that we have to have whatever the majority wants, that that is what is right, whatever they want. It's interesting. All right, there's another and one. And as Joe says this. here, 49 people voted for it out of 100. Isn't that the minority? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you want the minority rule and the in way this country? That, the way that they're doing this now, which I was, uh, we were going to talk about on Monday a little bit, but the way they're doing this is they're taking the amount of Republicans that are voting for this stuff, and then they're totaling up the populations that they are representing. And then they are saying, well, they are representing 20-something percent of the country, actually is how many they're representing. And the Democrats, they're representing a massive portion of the co the country with their uh, 50 Seats. people that they have. And so any time that we go towards the Republican direction, that's actually bad because it's only representing 24% of the country that it's, uh, that it's coming out to. And so literally, you know, we're going to that, we're, we're going to that democ democratic, uh, actual democracy rule there and that's one of the reasons that we have the system that we have by the way is to protect minority rights from the tyranny of the majority that's why it was set up i tweeted this morning that this actually makes me have more respect for the founding fathers they did a good job mm -hmm. even now even after we messed up the senate with whatever amendment that was 17th amendment maybe something like that i can't remember old uh robert reich uh, the third the third the old small man <laughs> Very tiny, small person, and he's a which public, is fine. That's a joke. You can be small. No, mm -hmm. no big deal. But uh, he's real small. <laughs> and <laughs> Odd, but like da suspiciously small. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, Very, I need, like I'm I'm wondering what's going on mm, there. Like maybe it's like a first generation alien that yeah. picked the wrong body. Yeah. Yeah. We need to talk about In that. In 1890, the filibuster was used to block legislation to protect the right of black Americans to vote. Fast forward 131 years, and the filibuster is once again being used to block legislation to protect the right to vote of communities of color. <laughs> Abolish the Jim Crow filibuster. That's what they're. That's what he's calling it. Now, let me say a few things about this. One um, is, as we caution everyone, be very careful of the rules that you abolish while you're in power, mm -hmm. because when an ex go round happens for instance trump was president for four years and all the things that he did that obama did and he was like well i can do it because obama did it and everybody gets mad about that this is why the actual problem is the people getting rid of rules that are supposed to hold back power right we allow yeah. we allow them to create um you know all these agencies so they can abdicate themselves from responsibility we allow them to get rid of these rules. We allow them to do all of these things that were set up in place to keep power in check. And remember, your team may not always be in power. So if you get rid of the filibuster here to get what you want done now, well, what's going to happen when Trump Jr. is president? 
I don't know. I, I guess at that time, they'll probably like the filibuster again, is my assumption. They will not like executive power, and they will want to filibuster if there is a Republican majority. But that's all because what they want is right, you know, mm-hmm. and what other people want is wrong. Now, both sides do this. Yes, really. absolutely. Sides. That's why I said we caution yeah. both sides, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, as Jordan Peterson would say, you get rid of this filibuster rule at your great peril. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, uh, the next thing here, so this actually happened uh, a couple weeks ago, but the New York Times just wrote an article about it, and so a lot of people were talking about it. Um, Did you see uh, Massey's Troll, by the way? I think you... The one I sent you? Yes. It was good. Yeah, that's right. So Yeah. I can't remember how the person said it, but what was it that they should take away? So um, he, yeah, somebody tweeted at Thomas Massey and said, MIT should remove, uh, should, yeah, remove your degree. And he quote tweeted him back and said, which one? <laughs> That's good. Old sassy Massey out there. Love it. That's good stuff. All right. So don't believe number three, MIT canceled the professor's guest lecture because he opposes race-based admissions. He, he doesn't like affirmative action when it comes to the, mm. admission, to the admissions. All right. So they were going to have him come speak about something completely different. He was going to come talk about climate change. Uh, but because of his views on affirmative action, which by the way, uh, the majority of people don't like even in California they just had a vote and and uh, turned out that they didn't like affirmative action very much um, he they they didn't want him to come speak because some people might not agree with that hmm. and well, I'll just read you a little bit of what uh, what they were saying and what he was saying because we're t- we talked a lot about cancel culture this week with the whole Dave Chappelle thing and and all that it's not just like if you're saying something that people think is hate speech when it comes to trans people like it's everything if you don't espouse the proper opinion on a matter, then you can be removed eventually. Well, and I want, you know, Amanda says here that climate change is a racial issue. Every issue is a racial issue. <laughs> it not is. Not just climate yeah. change. It's, if you don't believe in climate change, you are racist. That Speaking is, about um, climate change, um, just some more doom and gloom for you real quick before you dive into this. We, uh, there's uh, talks of an energy crisis mm-hmm. happening, which mm-hmm. I find hysterical. Yeah, it's it's very sad that I find this funny, but the fact that we focus so much on climate change that we've we forgot to make sure that people still need to have a little bit of heat, maybe mm. because we're yeah we're investing so much in and then those deaths, by the way, would be blamed on climate change, exactly not on the yeah responses to climate, change. not on the fact that yeah. we have uh, tried to get rid of our normal energy sources that have brought so many people out of poverty, and maybe we should you know, have a backup plan if our green energy sources don't work out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. no, you know, whatever. We'll just let those people die. So that'll be an interesting conversation when we have someone like, um, jo- it, it pronounces it Joe and Norbert. Oh, wait, that is how he says it. I've always said Johan, but he says Joe and Norbert. Okay. We will be having him on the show coming up, uh, I think, in the next month. So nice. that's going to be good. And we'll be able to have that conversation with him. But Dorian Abbott is a geophysicist at the University of Chicago. <clears throat> oh, well, that's the problem right there. University of Chicago, they churn out all times, all, all types of racists all the time. The, uh, so MIT invited him to deliver a guest lecture on climate change, then canceled the talk due to campus outrage over his views. 
He said, quote, I practice fair admissions. I select students and postdocs on the basis of scientific ability and promise. I do not discriminate against any applicant based on anything else, period. I encourage freedom of expression and the creative exploration of ideas in my group. So if I develop theory, I'm a theorist. If I, if I develop theory, I make a prediction and somebody tests it and I'm wrong sometimes. I'm actually wrong a lot. It's, it's, uh, it's okay to be wrong as long as you're being creative and coming up with new ideas. Uh, says he first became alarmed by the collapse of civility and discourse at his university at, and uh, in 2020. He said, on campus, I was uncomfortable with the variety of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts that to me appeared to be discriminating against certain groups of people. And I felt that it didn't treat them as individuals worthy of dignity and respect. And to me, that has to be fundamental and of any moral system that we're implementing. So he believes in individuality, not not groups, which in, which is completely antithetical to the entire leftist ideology. Mm-hmm. The, the, right. the you know collectivism, you've got to put people in groups. Meritocracy and, is a sin. Yeah, to them, it in is the re, in the religion of of the mm-hmm. uh, democratic socialists. He says he's uncomfortable with ideologies that discourage discourse because when you can't speak with the other side, the only recourse is violence to them. Abbott added, further explain he's been unduly targeted as something he is not pointing out that he helps the underprivileged in several ways, including by teaching a night school for people who have been imprisoned. And kind of what we started off with right there, the, the big issue I have with this is that you might think, well, the whole canceling idea or or not allowing people to speak idea, well, that just goes for people who say hateful, transphobic things on stuff. Like, that's all we're talking about. But not really. It, it really goes down to anyone who has a different opinion because you can call anything racist, of course. If you think that people should be admitted based on their abilities or that they should be hired based on their abilities, based on how good they would be at the job, you're racist. And then that can be used against you. And so that, it's just to, you know, keep an eye on this. I feel like this ideology is uh, creeping up on us a little bit. And we know from our savior Biden that poor kids are just as smart and just as talented as white kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not fair. Yeah. All right. Go go on to the, the right. next one here. This is dumb bleep number four. Um, Sas- Saskatchewan Health Authority says your risk from COVID-19 is not... Determined by age. <laughs> I haven't read this yet. I just love how they just say things. Yeah. Your risk from COVID-19 is not determined by age, fitness level, or community. Your risk is determined by vaccine status. That's 78% it. of all new cases and hospitalizations in Saskatchewan in September were unvaccinated or partially vaccinated people. So, you folks, doesn't matter. <clears throat> Your age, your fitness level, your community, how many comorbidities you have. From the Saskatchewan Health Authority, by the way. Yeah. They care about health. Now, was this flagged for COVID? I don't know. Um, My question is, okay, so among vaccinated people, who's at the biggest risk of having breakthrough and death? It's not determined by age. Okay. Nate? So it's not determined by age or your fitness level or anything like that? That's it. Okay. Because it's kind of weird. I mean, if you are vaccinated, they would say like, well, the people that are still dying are people who are 80 years old or they have comorbidities, you know? So it kind of seems like maybe it still has to do, to do with your age and your fitness level. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Just it has checking. to do with all those things. Now, yeah. again, I believe, and you believe what you want. <laughs> I believe that it is safer to be vaccinated, but that's up to you. It sh- and it should be up to you. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing is it, it should, should be. be up to you. And that I feel like this needs to be fact checked, you know, because and when you analyze the risk, when you look at the data and you analyze the risk of what to, to make the best informed choice, right? Your age and fitness level and comorbidities and all of that actually matters. You know, the only dif- the only difference between a five-year-old and an 85-year-old is whether or not they're vaccinated. That's it. That's the only difference in the risk. Nothing else determines that at all. Dumb okay. bleep number four. Dumb bleep number five from Mr. Richard D. Wolf. He might be a doctor. I don't know. Professor Wolf. Okay. Now this guy, pretty big uh, socialist, I would say. Okay. From, uh, from, from everything that I read from him. Okay. So we're dealing with a little bit of inflation right now. People see prices going up on everything. Did you know that, that that's, um, that's only due to when people are raising prices? Greedy capitalists. That's it. He says inflation occurs when employers raise prices. Profit drives their decisions, but they dare not publicly admit that reason. Instead, they blame government or rising wages or shortages in quotation marks. He's implying that there aren't actually any shortages, I think. Anything, anyone but themselves. Don't be fooled. So if you see, if you see prices going up, it's purely because the business just chose to raise their prices. It's like that. That's, that's all it was. That's not how this works. Yeah. That's not how any of this works, Dr. Dick. Yeah. Wolf. Professor Dick. That's not how any of it works. <laughs> like the, Professor Dick. <laughs> his name's Richard. Oh. I, my thing is is like how do people think like you get paid? Like like where does that actually come from? What like what sets the price of your labor? What sets the price of goods and services, like where does all of this come from? An administrative and, body. And if, and if we could just do it, like if we could just have rising wages without raising prices or anything, why don't we just do that for the whole world? Yeah. Why is it that we've had to forge ahead in creating wealth and all of these things for people to be richer? I don't understand why we all just weren't born rich. Um, I don't, I just, I just can't see how you, don't put it together. It's almost so difficult that it's hard to even talk about yes. because it's so wrong. Yes. You, and if you if you were to extend this principle out to its logical conclusion, what you would basically say is that wages and cost of goods could rise infinitely and a corporation never has to raise their prices, right? They should always charge the same prices. If they ever raise their prices, it's only because they chose to raise their prices and make more profits. But actually, they raise their prices in in relation to what their expenses are, and and why do they lo- lower their prices? Uh, so they can attract more business in relation to what their expenses are, also, yeah. and to try and compete with other people. Exactly, of course. And we've tried to we need to create an environment where there is more competition because that's what actually lowers prices. But his his ideology and the ideology of a lot of people is no, that I, well, what I'm saying though is contrast the two. Because no one seems to talk about when employers lower prices. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just like, oh, that's a good thing. Keep them coming down. 
No rhyme yeah. or reason for it. Just the fact that that company's less greedy. Why are they lowering prices? Look at the times that companies lower prices versus the times that they raise prices. What is taking place? Yeah. During those two different periods. It's very obvious. And the man that was pointing out that he's also, he's saying that the wages are going up. Um, they are raising their wages, but they're also raising prices. Uh, and he is saying that their expenses are going up too. He puts shortages in quotation marks. Yeah. Like there aren't any shortages anywhere. Like there's shortages of raw materials all, all over the place. Always. Yeah. There's, there's always a, a limited amount of resources to go, to go among people. But Literally, somehow Thomas Sowell's definition of economics is, <clears throat> is the allocation of scarce resources mm -hmm. that have alternative uses that have, that have alternative uses. Ketchup is used for, you know, hamburgers and French fries or whatever. It's also used to make barbecue sauce, right? Yeah. Tomatoes are used for all kinds of things. It's a fruit you can enjoy off the vine if you're a psychopath or it's... <laughs> I love it's I love tomatoes. Right off the vine. You don't have to yeah, add anything to it. I mean, just, I like them. I prefer them with salt on them. you bite into it with an apple, like an apple? Well, I haven't. And I haven't picked a tomato off the vine in quite a long time. Okay. Well, because you're privileged. I can't tell you obviously. right now. Yeah. Yeah. But but everything has alternative uses that you can do for so many things. But I think that companies are really, they're actually being genius about this because they're not actually technically raising their prices, really. They're just making smaller quantities. Yeah. So there's a thing, I can't remember what it's called, but you, you'll notice if you go to the grocery store lately, if you've ever paid attention, the ounces on your bag of chips... And the mm -hmm. ounces in your ketchup and the ounces, all of it's a little bit less. Mm -hmm. It's a little same price, it's a little bit less product. Um, and so eventually we'll have European sizes in America. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe we'll all still have the same risk from COVID, even though we are getting smaller exactly. portions all the time. Um, another thing, interesting tidbit of information on this is from the American Enterprise Institute. They surveyed people asking them what they thought the average, um, what the average profit margins of S&P 500 companies were and the the number that people guessed ended up averaging around 36%. That's what they thought the average profit margin was. Which shareholders would dream of. Now, yeah, that would be they they said that there were only two industries that one of them was tobacco industry has like a 45% profit margin and there was something else financials I think was the other one. Um actually the profit margins have been staying essentially the same. Um, and that that sits around ten percent. That was eight for well, so S and P five hundred companies. So you're picking ah, the five hundred best companies gotcha. that there are out there, or the most valuable companies that there are out there. Um, well, not technically because there are stuff. There's stuff like SpaceX. It's not in the S and P five hundred, but it's one of the most valuable companies out there. But anyway, you guys you guys know the thing. Um, so th it was actually somewhere around like ten percent. I think this year it did go up to twelve percent or so uh, that they were able to make. But they were doing that by lowering their costs, not by raising. Uh, it wasn't coming as much through the raising of the prices, but because they weren't paying as many workers to work. Because the and they were was. they were finding <laughs> they were finding ways to get the same amount from less effort, essentially that they're being, they're being forced into more uh, productivity on that, on that side of things. But essentially the profit margins have been remaining the same. 
And people think it's around 36%, and actually it was uh, pretty much around 10% is where it, where it hovers. Listen, people want to compete with other people. That's what they want to do. So you, how and, Wal- are, and Walmart, as a big example, averages about 2%. Yeah, they have Walmart on the chart, and it was like average S&P 500 around 10%, and it showed Walmart at 2.1%. Yeah. And um, so that, that was pretty... Um, Pretty interesting that's to see that. That's a tough CEO job. Could you imagine going to bed every night knowing that's the thing. That's that your why he gets margins paid. are so thin? That's why he gets paid so much. You make one wrong decision and you're switching from profit to loss right there. One one wrong decision and you're going from making 2.1% profit to losing 2.1%. Now, 2% on $800 billion is pretty good. Yeah. But that's why the CEO is so valuable. Right. You know? You got to squeak out that that little profit margin and you mess up just a little bit, then you could cost the company $80 billion. Of course, Mm. the guy gets paid $22 million to make sure that they keep that profit margin. Amen. All right. Anyway, this is a a very long, dumb bleep so far. It's already past one o'clock, but it's good. Here we go. It's good. Dumb bleep number six. am Am I up? Uh, yeah. Yeah, All right. You're up. Okay. I think I know you read Dr. Dick. <laughs> All right. This is uh do I read the Yeah, this? you can read from Corey DeAngelis. I'll just read on down the line, folks. From uh Corey DeAngelis breaking. Michigan House Education Committee just passed a bill to fund students instead of systems. Fund students instead of systems. Which we talked about the other day. It's mm-hmm. a school choice. Bill. And then and the uh, cynical optimist This was the tweet this guy was quoting. Privatization and vouchers have historically been tools for segregation. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to do, folks. School choice is racist. Mm -hmm. How about that? Funding students instead of systems is racist. In and of itself, it's built for segregation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you know. And that's, remember earlier when we said that eventually they'll call something racist and try to remove it. So now... If you want people to be able to take whatever dollars are assigned to them by the community and go to a different school, you're racist. You just tie everything to that. Now, what's important is it it is probably true that it was used as a system for segregation in the past because a lot of things were. Gun control was used as a as a racist system in the past. Okay. And when they point to you, oh, look, no, see all this gun control, all these gun control laws that we have. Yeah, that's great. That's a great argument that we uh, that we kept black people from owning guns. Yeah, you're right. We should keep people from owning guns. Yeah. Great argument, dude. Awesome. Um, it might be the case, but in this article from Forbes, they line out that, um, well, it was actually because they would shift the money to private schools that wouldn't allow uh, minorities to attend the schools. Okay. Is that... Is that, do we have any private schools right now that are not allowing black people to attend the schools? Right. Right. Maybe if they go, uh, I mean, what they would do is if they didn't practice affirmative action and for some reason someone couldn't get into a school, then they would say that that were racist. But that is the case for a lot of people who can't get into certain schools. It's just based on merit. But they would take the specific instances where someone who's black couldn't get in and say, well, see, this is racist because we don't have affirmative action. Um, But just because that's what they used it for in the past does not mean that allowing people to get out of a terrible school, like what's the, what's the alternative here that you're arguing? Oh, we have these terrible schools that we pay the second most in the entire world per student for people to go to. 
but the only problem is that we didn't buy more. The only problem is that we didn't spend enough money. That's the thing. They don't have That's enough. That's it. Just not enough money. That's all we need. And uh, it's a classic case of mismanagementism. 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 It strikes again. It strikes again. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie and I were going to the game last night, driving through downtown, and uh, it took us a different way than the interstate. And we drove by one of the Metro Public Schools, and man, that thing yeah. doesn't look good. I'll tell you. Well, and I find that interesting because it's not from a lack of money, folks. It's if you go to somewhere like um, opensource.com, you'll see that there are several Metro school administrators, principals, and folks of that nature who are making upwards of $400,000 a year mm-hmm. plus. Well, the issue is that um, Republicans don't want to increase the budget as much as Democrats yeah. do. That's what the actual problem is. Now, yeah. a lot of people will say, oh, well, that's just like CEO pay, whatever. It's not the same because you have to look at the percentage of what the school's receiving versus what it's paying its administrators. Well, it's also not in a competitive free market system. Exactly. So you're not, you aren't really punished for not doing a good job like you would be in a free market. And so when you do a bad job and you have illiteracy, illiteracy, above 50% in your school for people that are graduating and your administrator is getting paid 400 K, but you got the teacher unions and you got all the government money coming in from the DOE and from all your property taxes and nothing ever changes. You're not in a free market system. And so nothing has to change. Why would it change? People need incentives. Everyone needs incentives. Even if they're virtuous angels of the left, they still need incentives to actually do a good job. Even if they're virtuous angels of libertarians, Mm -hmm. need incentives. Everyone does because we're all human beings and human beings are terrible, awful creatures. (laughs) There's, there's nothing like going to, to find a way to get some food when you're starving, Mm -hmm. you know, anyway, Um, is that, uh, is that that all? That was it. Yeah. I'm going to put these numbers in. The only vote that will be recognized will be a thumbs up. Just so everyone knows, and I will run through what they were real quick. So only thumbs up. Number six was uh, school choice is racist. Number five was inflation is only because businesses choose to raise their prices from uh, Professor Dick. Uh, Number four was the Saskatchewan Health Authority saying that risk for COVID is not determined by your health. (laughs) It's only... By your vaccination status. Um, Number three is some more cancel culture, MIT, canceling someone because they think you should be um, admitted based on your ability to do something and not based on what your race is, which sounds racist. Like the argument that you're making, not on your ability that, how do we get here? How do we get to this point? It's, hey, what's up? I told you what's up is down. You shouldn't admit people based on how good they are at their job. You shouldn't hire people based on how good they are at their job. You should hire people based on what their race is. And that's not racist. (laughs) The other one is. Um, Number two is uh, Robert Reich III and Christopher Hahn saying that it's time to end minority rule and the uh, talking about the Jim Crow filibuster. And number one was the fact check once again, we maybe we should include a fact check every week on Dumb Bleep because those are pretty fun. 
how they choose to do these facts. Like you said, they're not going to fact check that health authorities post about your risk being determined by your age or other factors, you know. You're not going to have to pick a specific color of thumb, <laughs> by the way. Because <laughs> that's line, good. People will always find, find a, a way to hack. There's always There's a loophole. always a loophole. People, are, just so everyone <laughs> listening knows, I said only thumbs up will be admitted. And to put multiple votes, people are voting in different color thumbs up. That's great. That's they're, good. They're technically thumbs up. Honestly, I'm so impressed. So how do you even... I'm not mad about it. But they're all for the same one, though. Yeah, so that's, that's true. That's that's we, what's funny about it. All right, y'all, get your votes in. We're going to have to tighten the rules up. You know, it must be one of those voting machines errors. Mm -hmm. you know? We'll have to look into it. If we could just pass the Freedom to Vote Act, we wouldn't have to worry about this voting that's, situation we had That's anymore. why we had this, because mm -hmm. the Republicans blocked it. Mm -hmm. That's why, those damn Republicans. Get your votes in, and while that's happening, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's show, and if you did, please tell a friend, tell a foe, and tell the children. Leave us a rating review on Apple podcast hit that follow button and subscribe on youtube and then please check out the sponsors this is a free show we joke about you know the ads and stuff but it's because of the live group and our advertisers that we're able to do this every single day of the week when we want to and we you know we really enjoy it and we know you guys enjoy the show we want to keep going so please do all of those things who won? all of them it looks like dumb bleep number five is that professor dick is that who won number five Let's see. Is that who it was? I didn't look and see. I didn't put the numbers on the ones in the thing this time. Uh, yeah, that's who it was. That is Richard D. Wolf. Mm -hmm. Look him up. Prof. Wolf with two Fs. Inflation occurs when employers raise prices. Profit is driving that. Okay? It's not because of any other factors. That's it. Supply and demand. Anything like no. that? No. Mm. No. Okay. No, we can just uh, checking. We can whittle everything down to one single cause. Flooding the market with a huge money supply. Because remember, seeking profits, Nate, is racist. <laughs> okay. So everything is That's racist. Right. That's, That's right. what it all boils down to. All right, guys, please share the show. Like I said, if you guys do all of those things, we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you have a good weekend and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs> <laughs>